podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey gang, quick question for you. Have you started playing daily fantasy yet? And if not, why not? Because if like me, you're already given up on the fantasy team that you drafted at the start of the season because it's doing so badly, then check out our brand new daily fantasy listener league, courtesy of DraftKings, because it could be the game for you. It's all very simple. You pick a brand new team every week based uh, on a salary cap. You enter that team into one or more of our show contests and you try and win all kinds of prizes. We've got merchandise, tickets and good old fashioned cash to give away. And more importantly than all of that, you can embarrass me, Propo, the Guru Sandrini and lots more of your show faves by showing us that you know a lot more than we do. So click the link in our show notes or hit us up on social media for a link and that way you can join the show league. It's free to enter and as well as the pay to play contest, there are going to be free to enter competitions all through the season. You have to be 18 plus, of course. And remember, be gambleaware.org. Hello and welcome to the Nat Coombs Show. Good to have you with us, gang. We are delighted to have one of our favourites back. One of your favourites too, frankly. He's an all-pro member of the gang. He is one of the very best in the business. And, for the record, one of the nicest guys in the business too. The brilliant Greg Rosenthal. He is getting into all kinds of questions from me, from you. We've got a lot of mailbag in there as well. Propo's got some questions. He's thrown in. We're covering all kinds of ground. It's a lot of fun. So let's roll. Greg, it's good to see you, man. It's been a while. It, it is fantastic. We're both uh, at our homes, I assume. You, it feels more Christmassy, though, like just looking at you in London. It just looks cold beyond that window. Oh, yeah, because we're very different Christmases, of course. You got the, the Californian sun. What is Christmas? Well, Christmas Day this year for you is going to be a work day, I guess, right? You're going to be NFL HQ? Somewhat. No, I thankfully am not. We're taping a podcast a week, uh, a recap the night before on Christmas Eve. And then we're taping a Christmas Day recap the next morning. But Christmas Day, uh, I'm free to to handle how how we want. Is so that nice. is good to hear. I'm glad that you, get, you get can a, a time off. Well, you do because you've been cropping up. Firstly, congrats on on everything. It's always good to see you rolling. I'm really enjoying the Monday Night Football show. Uh, which of course is one of the wee small hours over here. That is that is a good crack. That is awesome. I forgot. Yeah, I w- I'd love to hear from your listeners if they've been enjoying Channel Five. I always am wondering if people are watching. It's in the middle of the night, but yeah, I've been doing that with Kirsten Watson and MJD. I have a blast doing mm. that. And yeah, the people that tweet at us, I just think like you guys are the best fans in the world it's 3 a.m and you stuck around 4 a.m and you stuck around in a 16-3 uh saints (laughs) bucks game but you know what tom brady uh rewarded you like on paper these games have been bad on monday nights but they've mostly had crazy endings so they've got big time and i I, haven't been there done it you know that uh, of course my my formative years as as an nfl broadcaster was that was that gig so actually we did monday night football for a bit but it was the sunday night football slot for a long time which is The wee small hours, but you know what? The that it surprised me early on, and I guess as social media started to develop, um, and the game over here started to to grow more and more, just surprised about how many people are along for the ride as well. It's so yeah. It asked you a question. A lot of people are watching it, uh, I'm sure, and the, and the, just the vibe on the show is great. I keep seeing you as well because we get a lot of NFL Network over here on on Sky Sports, and you're cropping up on all kinds of shows. A little bit like I was thinking, season four of The Wire when Marlo Stansfield is. 
just taking over corners <laughs> all across <laughs> West Baltimore. That is Greg Rosenthal on NFL Network, man, just taking those spots. I wish. And uh, I do try to model my game and my life after Marlo. If I could choose to be one wire character, it'd be Marlo. No Would one's, no one's messing Marlo? with Marlo. Yeah. No one is. But although Omar had him had him spooked, didn't he? Omar was the one that I mean, I, I love uh, i got to say Omar. I, I thought, yeah, you're a Marlo kind of guy. I No, I'm joking. I mean, he's got like the blackest of hearts uh, on mm. paper and uh, you just don't want to mess with him. So I, I would like to see myself that way, but I don't think I do. And no one else does either. Is Dan Hansis <laughs> McNulty? Just... <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Should we move on that's quickly? <laughs> okay. he, well, he could be McNulty or Bunk. Uh, him and Mark yeah, actually, McNulty true. and yeah. Bunk. It's up to you who's yeah, yeah. <laughs> just interchangeable. So listen, great to see you flying. Hey, we got a lot of questions for you today. Um, the mailbag's always bursting when you're on the show at the NC show. Uh Propo has been putting together some questions as well. I've got some questions, which is helpful. So we're just gonna rattle a whole bunch of things at you if that's cool. We'll just see where see where that takes. We've up. been doing this now. I hope you know Nat Coombs uh show listeners know we've been doing this since like 2015, 2016. Yeah. I don't even know. Yeah, I think it's, it's 16. I think it's 16. So that is what a quick bit of maths. We're kind of yeah, I think we're gonna roll into our seventh year next year, providing providing you come back. So we could, yeah, six six years and running. So it is uh we're in our group. Uh We've got to talk a bit of West Ham as well. We've got to squeeze a bit of West Ham in, uh, at the end. Did you actually, did you watch the World Cup? I guess you must have been all across that. Yes, and my kid loved it. It was it, unlike NFL, which like the West Coast of America is the perfect time zone for all NFL. Like that, mm. those primetime games starting at 530, that's perfect. Uh, mm. You know, the World Cup was not. So you you missed a, a handful, a lot of, half the games sleeping. Um, but yeah, I, w- I was all over what we could. I don't like it in the middle of the NFL season, though, especially yeah. uh, in the States where, you know, soccer already has is challenged. Like people were all about it, but getting, you know, the World Cup final ending like five minutes before Jacksonville, Dallas started was yeah. disarming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I was right to think of that because I I was doing a, a show, effectively a daily show for the World Cup that we were making from London. And on the Sundays, that was tricky as anything. Because we want it wasn't a live show, but we were doing a bunch of interviews and then cutting all the stuff together around um around the game. So we obviously had to watch the games while Red Zone's on the other screen, do interviews while I'm getting distracted by Red Zone. So I yeah, a bit of a fever dream couple of weeks for me. So whilst I really enjoyed it, I'm kind of glad it's over now. I can get back to concentrating on on NFL. Let's start with look because we're gonna look ahead as much as we can to, to this weekend. Looks like Gardner Minshew is going to be starting for the Eagles, right? Which got me thinking. Well, first he got me thinking because different reports flying around. Gardner Minshew probably going to start. <laughs> Jalen Hurts might start. Other reports saying, will Jalen Hurts play at all for, again for the rest of the regular season? So not much clarity on the extent of his injury. What's your take on that? When do you think we'll next see Jalen Hurts starting? That's impossible to guess, but not this weekend. Uh I'm hopeful that he will start again in the regular season. It's to me, my feel of it is that if this was the divisional round playoffs, he'd be playing this week. Right. But and, that's kind of my point with the question that if they get to given where they're at they, and he doesn't play this weekend, they might think, oh, let's just let's just leave him be. But then that's always a bit of a gamble, isn't it? If if you're sitting somebody for too long, right in the in the swing of things. Right. I 
I think they finish with the Giants. So I guess if you were going to play one more game, it, it'd be best to play the last one, get get two weeks off and mm. win it. But, I, you know, I was picking the games this morning. I write the picks on uh, NFL.com and that that is one of the corners, you know, I have on NFL Network. We do a show <laughs> game debut, which is a a pick show. It's not a gambling show, Nat, because it's no. on NFL Network, but we well, list the over-under and the spread, and we all make very specific picks, sometimes uh, what guys will get yardage-wise, too, So, mm. but not a gambling show. I uh, I struggled category. to pick this. Like I, fit, mm. I felt much better picking the Eagles to cover five and a half points than mm. I did anything else, because to me, yeah. I think the Eagles can still win this game with Gardner Minshew. I fully expect Gardner Minshew to play this game. Mm. It's too bad. You know, Cowboys fans will be saying turnabouts, fair play. It's like Cooper Rush started against the Eagles. But like this was mm-hmm. maybe the biggest game left in the NFC uh, for the whole rest of the season. And we're not going to really get the full uh, game. But I think the Eagles are so good. They can win so many types of waves. And Gardner Minshew is a good quality backup. And the way the Cowboys defense is falling apart a little bit right now, like I could totally see the Eagles running the ball well mm. and rushing the passer well. And I don't see the Cowboys as some huge favorite. I would have picked the Eagles to to sweep them if if Hertz was healthy. Yeah, I think that line. I think it's a little bit patronizing to to Minshew. I was looking at the numbers for backup quarterbacks because that the, the whole world, the whole space backup quarterback environment really fascinates me. It's just a fascinating place for all kinds of reasons. And so I, I spent probably a disproportionate amount of time looking at backup quarterbacks. <laughs> and Gardner Minshew, uh, he's the, in the bottom three in terms of salaries in terms of deals so he's you, he's a steal at six hundred and seventy seven thousand dollars rookie his, contract yeah as a, yeah, it's as a, a yeah, late pick it's yeah. A late, yeah it's right it's a late pick rookie contract um that's uh, a great trade by the eagles they're so smart when it comes to quarterbacks like they traded nothing for gardner Minshew. yeah what and a, great, a great backup for nothing it's amazing it's smart but that's where i guess that's what you know that's where championships are won but you know that kind of is in a way if that really kind of shrewd roster management at that level that saves a few million elsewhere that you can spend. I mean, that's, and as you say, getting a very serviceable backup, how does Minshew fit into this, this Eagles offense? Because I, that's obviously what any front office is going to try and do is secure a backup that is a natural fit for that offense, as opposed to necessarily the best quarterback in terms of raw attributes. It's not always a straightforward thing to find. Right. I mean, Minshew's nothing like Hurts in the <laughs> sense that you're not going to build a running game uh, around him, but he can run RPOs. Absolutely. He's not going to end up running them as much, but he can do it a few times uh, as long as he like keeps himself out of harm ways. He's not uh, an immobile quarterback. He throws well on the move. But backup quarterbacks, it's all about like what kind of situation you go into, and he's supported by the best offensive line in the league, one mm. of the best running games in the league, and, and it won't be as good without Hurts. And more importantly, a, a really good defense that I think can keep the score manageable here. We've seen Minshew play well on a really bad Jaguars team. Like, why why can't he play well on a great Eagles team? We've seen Minshew play well on this Eagles team last year when they rested starters uh, at the end of the year, if you remember, in Week 18. They didn't win that game, but they scored yeah. a lot of points. And the way the Cowboys defense has just gotten a little bit worse, a little bit sloppier. We're yeah, really what's, outmatched what's going on last there? week. Why? You know, all of the, the hype is the best. Is it the best in football? All these editorial running. And then maybe that's because it's just jinxed you. But why is the, why the, or does this just happen? We, should we expect this, that you can't perform at a, a, a top tier level throughout the, sustain that throughout the course of a season. So, some of it's just schedule playing offenses that are, 
peaking. Mm-hmm. Um, but they made the Packers look better than the Packers have looked all year. They made the Jaguars as, as good as the Jaguars offense has played, you know, as, as good as they've looked. I think Dan Quinn is a good matchup specific guy and he changes the game plan up each week and he was hitting mm-hmm. like aces for a while and he hasn't lately. I think they're, you can run on them. They're a little soft on the inside. They got two starters that are out right now. Leighton Vander Esch has played mm. well for them all year. And his backup was really picked on last week. And then Anthony Brown has played well. And the guy who came in for him, Deron Bland has been good, but there's uh, another starter there. I forget who it is. It might be a safety. They're missing 33. And basically the mm. same two Dallas defenders were getting picked on throughout last week. So they're not as deep as they were. They have some holes now, I think in the middle of their defense. So look for a lot of like, passes up the seams mm, okay we'll definitely keep it on that other keenies without dallas got it back for the eagles that'll help right and he's, he's perfect to for that, pick right? on that week on the seams, yeah. right uh so god has got a decent landing spot so i like i like the eagles in that spot incidentally i was looking mm. at the god and Minshew, uh was given time off to attend uh, the memorial service of Mike Leach, the great Mike Leach, of course he passed away and, and Minshew, of course played under him and uh that saw a clip of uh some of his eulogy and um which was really heartfelt plus he dropped the f-bomb in there as well so he's gonna double down god no uh and it just cut to it cut to quite a lot of the people at the service and it was fascinating to watch a lot of people laughing it just it was a very natural moment in the in the whole service and then a few people looking slightly awkward at the fact that he dropped the f-bomb which made me love him all all the more there so i could just see Gardner back in barking back in business um just following on the eagles tip Nick Sirianni feels like he is desperately underrated as mm. a head coach. I think about all of the, all of the, and I'm grouping coordinators in the mix as well here, as, as well as head coaches, but all of those calling the shots in the NFL who get a buzz about him for, for whatever reason, Sirianni doesn't seem to get a huge amount of that. Why do you think that is? Uh, Cause he doesn't make it about himself, which I, I think is one of the reasons why he's, great is i think he has a great combination of schematic feel hiring the right coaches and being a good you know game planner but more importantly the skill that is really hard to know if a guy has before he becomes a head coach which is really gets buy-in from his players really gets buy-in from his coaches kind of creates a, a great team atmosphere doesn't make it about himself and i think they respond to that because he has a personality like he's a funny guy he's perfect in philadelphia um, but he really deflects all the attention i i think the the way he cultivated a relationship with jalen hurts mm. even before and then on top of the way he's maximized him as a player is is like the number one thing that he's done and i look he doesn't get a lot of credit then again like i'd vote him coach of the year mm. i i would pick him over anyone else he would be my guy i don't know I don't know what the odds are for coach of the year right now. Oh, in Vegas, propo would, when you need him. Yeah. It would be my choice. Even though I did pick them to win the Super Bowl. How about that? That's looking good now. Oh, you dropped that at what preseason you picked them. I did. Wow. I mean, cause you mentioned your, your picks column. I, I read it religiously every week. It's, I mean, you are on fire with that. It's doing like well a- lately. I don't know if I've been on fire this season. I would say I've been maybe a, above average, but not, you know, amazing. I, I didn't work out. I haven't because there's a pick watch thing, isn't it? Because Carlson goes on about this. Carlson okay. goes on about how he beats everyone in the world except the super computer, the computer that <laughs> plugs out the picks, which is his nemesis. 
Uh, <laughs> we often we do keep track of the picks on our show, yeah. so I've I've gotten into the lead. That's what I care about most is just you know beating beating everyone else. Yeah, colleagues. Yeah, it, that's true. Actually, I'm like that on the talk sport show. As long as I beat Will Gavin, I don't care about <laughs> frankly anything else <laughs> that happens. That looking at the odds for Coach of the Year. Oh God, it's this is crazy, confusing. Uh, it's okay. I mean, uh, I'm sure Dable is in that mix. Yeah, Dable's in the mix. Um, Dan Campbell's interestingly in the mix as well. I think this is actually showing whether. Ah, uh, this is Propo would be able to decipher this where the money and the tickets are coming from. A lot of tickets are on Dan Campbell. <laughs> I guess if they keep on rolling and make the playoffs, did, will the Lions make the playoffs? Come on, Greg, are they going to do it? I think so. The team of around the NFL is playing. It's crazy, like a top five team. You can sort on Football Outsiders, which is a good, just quick and dirty way to look at efficiency, pass, defense, off, offense, defense, mm. all that stuff. If you sort since their bye week, they're yeah. a top five team. There's like a number three offense and the number 10 defense and great special teams, great coaching. I still wouldn't, I'd still go Sirianni, but if he wins out, Campbell would Campbell. be Campbell. I'm just looking at that. Uh, Detroit's run. I was right. I should know this. I was writing about this earlier. A column I was writing was, it was all about the run. And so Detroit have got, uh, here we go. Carolina, obviously this weekend, Chicago and green Bay. I mean, they can run the table. They can, they're going to make it. They're going to make it. Yeah, the, none of those are gimmies. I mean, they're certainly heavily favored against Chicago, but I, I, I worry about Chicago too. Mm. Nine and eight, if you're the Lions, might get you in. I've been mm. waiting for these NFC East teams mm. to completely collapse, and I, I think it still might happen. Mm. I, you know, I know the Giants won that game, and, and so they basically just – they probably are in if they would one more game. Right, because they get the seven Eagles. Now, we, they? Yeah. yeah, they get the Eagles week 18 who might mm. rest, but it might come down to that last game. I, I wouldn't – be surprised if the Giants lose their next two mm. and uh, the commanders lose their next two. And I think there's still a chance here that that like two nine and eight teams could could get into the playoffs over those tied uh, AFC, uh, NFC East teams. So that, that would be my dream. Seahawks and Lions get in. Yeah, go. I love that. But I feel for Daybon if that happened. I feel for him. he deserves a spot, doesn't he? I'm not so bothered about the commanders, but Daybon and the Giants are like, I like to see him. Uh, okay, this is one that, that Propo, that Ollie put in the in the running order. What's the worst Christmas gift you've ever received? And it got me thinking, NFL Network, do you guys do, do you go big on Christmas gifts, the shadowy league figures? Do you get like a, is an envelope that everyone opens surreptitiously to see what bonus you get? Nothing, <laughs> nothing no. like that. Is well, it like Lamb, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation? I feel like there's very little. I mean, maybe some people passing around uh, bottles of alcohol or, or candy, but um, yeah. the worst Christmas gift I ever get. Well, you think like back to a kid when you just like a grandparent gives you a book that you already own and you're just like devastated. Well, you fake the I, smile. You're like, oh, thanks. This was, a birth, this was a birthday gift, but I'm going to cheat. Mm. A friend like heard me mention that like I wanted to be better at broadcasting or like enunciating like my voice or something. And he got me like voice a voice coach lessons which was very very nice this was a story on my other podcast way back uh the jesselnick <laughs> and uh, rosenthal vanny project um but it was by a co it was by someone i knew that i had mm. already um that nfl had on retainer once who was um like an embarrassing terrible uh figure and so i had to say i can't i can't do this i had to just like reject the gift that was the worst gift yeah, you push it back. oh boy i'm trying to think of um <laughs> I got bored of, I think it was around the time I got my, yeah, the, well, that the NFL show we talked about, right? The first uh, kind of uh, 
break for me uh, in, in this business. And I was bought a book about um, sports announcing. <laughs> it was, mm. I think I've still got it somewhere. I'm looking around the room. I mean, it's a lot, lot different bookcases that are out of shot that I'm looking at. I think it's here, but I think it might be kind of tucked away in the garage somewhere. Written by a guy I've never heard of. I don't think you would have heard, I don't think anyone would have heard of him. Um, that it was not at all helpful and particularly <laughs> random and after i gave up after about four pages but the sentiment was great but the book <laughs> the execution of it not so much but i hadn't thought about that book for years so i'm gonna try and find i did get a book from a boss once um at the nfl uh that was like rick patino do you know who rick patino mm, sure. is yeah yeah rick patino is like guy you know guide to winning in life but at that point the the book <laughs> was like 15 years old That's and he had been better. involved in many like off-field off-court scandals too so <laughs> great it's like success my way and he's just on the covers like, back it's like big hair okay, thank you. did he have like a, his suit sleeves roll yes, jacket sleeves yeah. rolled up i love it i love the mid-80s rick patino uh that's something we can fire out to listeners at the nc show the worst christmas gift you've ever received i will di- i'll dig out that book from the broadcast no one's heard of and talk about it on edge rush with with propo later and maybe read a passage from it <laughs> just, mm. to, just to paint the picture all right now I want to talk to you about joe burrow because thinking about different eras and generations when I was a kid, I guess, you know, we're roughly the same kind of age. So we had that Marino, Montana, Kelly dynamic, three other good quarterbacks in the mix as well, of course, but they they were the, the great. Elway, uh, I guess, would, would be in that frame as well. And then, of course, Latterly, Brady, Manning, and then Breeze, Roethlisberger for a bit, Rivers for a bit. And now we've got this new gen of Mahomes and Allen and, and Burrow. And it's trite to say who's the best and who's your who's the greatest and who is the, but you can have your favorite. You always had your favorite from me. I have your favorite from me. Mm. Do you have a favorite uh, player you like to watch most out of those three, or maybe, maybe it's hurts or someone I haven't mentioned. Man, I, I do love watching them all. How can you not? But yeah, Herbert's probably my favorite, but mm. Mahomes too. Yeah. Mahomes is just such an average answer, but I would say he's the one he was first, you know, I would get into arguments with, with our great friend uh, Chris Wesseling about this, just mm. like immediately, I was like, he's the greatest quarterback of all time. I was like, <laughs> after eight, I just mean like no one's ever been as good at just doing things than he. I I can't, and that's how sports works. It evolves, mm-hmm. and he's evolved too. Mahomes is better now than he was when he came into the league, but he was the MVP the the first time he ever played, and so yeah. He's my favorite, along with with Herbert, who has some similar attributes. And I, I think it's because he plays on the Chargers. And I think things work against him that I find myself really rooting for him to overcome the things right. working against him. But man, I it's like I love watching them all. They've all convinced. It's not like uh, watching that Josh Allen game I against Miami. I kind of thought like when Josh Allen plays his very best, mm. I just think that like can't play better than he plays like even Mahomes um, and Herbert. I actually think Allen's tip top peak is somehow even higher than anyone's. Wow. Like, the season when he just like goes crazy for two quarters, you know, or for the playoffs last year. Yeah. It just blows up in the, in the pockets of a game, splashes of a game. I, I get that. I guess that is offset by the moment of just 
insane brilliance from from Mahomes will do something that you didn't think was possible in in real life. Burrow, I just love is, and this will, by the way, Greg, we've got this thing rolling this season, which we're raising money on our um, on our Edge Rush show and our fantasy show. So Edge Rush is our gambling show and fantasy, our fantasy show with DraftKings. We're putting teams in every week and, and raising money for charity. Anything we win on DraftKings and the guru Sandrini is our expert and, and I put in teams. We, we're going to give that to charity at the end of the season. But one of our listeners suggested that any time that I drop one of my uh, natisms that they uh, they've got a, it's a long list that I have to put money in the charity box right so mm. moxie, the word moxie is one of them that apparently I use the word moxie far too much but I do I think that's what I love about Burroughs he just got just you're right Burroughs too good to use moxie I think of moxie as like swagger Andy just, Dalton or something what what do you mean like Andy I think Dalton? of moxie as overcoming your lack of physical gifts uh, oh, you know you, but I, I, I you're right Burroughs got moxie too they you know, phase all these guys have moxie. moxie. They all um, have moxie. That is true. But Burrow, much to your point about Herbert, having begun his NFL career, you know, with the, apparently the design being, we're not really too worried about any kind of protection for, for, for a quarterback. He'll be fine anyway. Uh, the fact that he was just David Carr-esque murdered for the first, I don't know, two years of his life, I think, uh, I think that really kind of brought him close to my heart that if he's still getting it done despite this 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 guy can do anything so uh i um i love that that one will rage on right i'm gonna get to the mailbag plus he's uh, lifting up the the bengals if i could had to like they all are seem like great guys like yeah they, I, was, right. but I was gonna say like the nfl is in a great place with these guys because they're so entertaining and they all seem like good dudes that you like it's 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 great. Uh, I think that is important. Burrow would probably be my pick of like the one to hang out with. Um, yeah. Oh, was, that's yeah. That's another. Seems like a good dude. Hertz would be another one, but I'm not putting mm. Hertz in that like tier that you that I do put Burrow in that tier with with mm. the, those guys. Which quarterback would you least like to go for a beer with? <laughs> ben Roethlisberger still count. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take him. I'll take yeah. him. I'm doubling down on that. One hundred percent. I'm going to go to the mail. Rogers seems. I you know I know people would say like, oh, it'd be interesting. Like, nah. It might. It get, could get weird. Could get. It could get interesting in the sense that he might insist on. Um, he probably would insist on a on a quite a left field choice of. So we have this place in London called. Next time you're here, we're going to take you called Flight Club. Flight Club is basically a darts venue where you can go. It's a bar with darts. <laughs> you can play darts and drink beer. I could see Aaron Rodgers heading to Flight Club. Okay. And actually, and, and, you know, Bring some you. ayahuasca from, from the hotel. And <laughs> arrows flying everywhere. <laughs> An arrow injury. Um, this is via the mailbag at the NC show. Staying on the quarterback tip, apparently, from Paul Monroe. Hey, Paul, thanks for getting in touch with the show. Do the Jets keep Mike White next season? And if so, what does the contract look like? So that's an interesting one, huh? Well, this and the Geno Smith contract, you know, mm. to me, the next three weeks, how the rest of the season plays out is almost bigger than everything that's happened before it, especially for Mike White. So it's a little premature because you don't like, is he going to play again? How is he going to play when he plays again? Mm. Let's say he comes back and plays pretty well around the same level that that he has then i think he is back he's a free agent i think they find a way to get rid of zach wilson i think the contract's somewhere between like high level backup and low level starter mm. so maybe lower than what Jameis winston got from the saints coming into this year was which 
think it was what was it like 15, 10, 12 to 15. I think Mike White will get money and I think it'll be from the Jets because I think they'll want to keep him. Um, but they they have every option available to them. So they could also get involved in the sweepstakes of basically any quarterback that becomes available, whether it's Derek Carr, whether it's Gino, whether it's mm. Tom Brady. I mean, who knows? <laughs> Jimmy G, yeah, of course. Daniel Jones is a free agent. There's actually Jimmy G is yeah. a free agent. There's actually quite a bit of yeah. uh, free agents. It's quite a decent market, isn't there? The um and a decent rookie class by all draft class by all, all accounts as well. So it, Zach, if if they do move on from Zach. It, there'll be a market for him to bring him onto a roster you'd assume, but he's presumably going to have to bounce into that backup realm for a little bit and try and play his way back into a starting gig. Is that, is that the trajectory? Right. And his, his next few games determine all this. It, it mm. is, it's premature. I thought he showed things. I'm surprised. You know, I really saw Twitter just has been dunking on Zach Wilson and, and I've dunked on Zach Wilson a lot. To me, he's one of the worst quarterbacks I've seen get this many reps over a long stretch, but I was mm. surprised when I went back to watch that game. I thought that was a very different Zach Wilson performance than anyone I had seen. He yeah. made a lot of great throws in that game and that touchdown drive to take the lead. He made great throws. It showed you something like if he had come into the league with games like that, you at least could have convinced yourself. Okay. I see something here. So I'm curious just to see how these next few weeks go. The Jaguars defense is no great shakes. Uh, it's going to be bad weather there, but like, can he play better and get them to think a little differently? I thought he played better in that game overall. He ha- he still had a Zach Wilson moments. Uh, it wasn't like a good performance, but it wasn't mm. the disaster that we've seen. It's a, it's a great point, you know, because this is par for the course for the rookie, right? That you're going to have these errant, erratic, definitely year one, probably year two. Trevor Lawrence, I guess the the prototype of that recently, right? Where he's now starting to find that groove and you think, okay, he's not going to look back now. He's that, this is the upside of him and this is what we expected. And now he's mm, consistent enough to, to roll with that. Whereas other quarterbacks, you think mm, you're seeing Jekyll and Hyde in games with Wilson. It was Hyde. Mainly, right. For, for right. He never the- showed like the upside. Right. And so that's like a terrible combination. He mm. never showed any positive, like big plays, but he had, he didn't look like he belonged. And I don't think over the long term he can overcome that. And they sh- I think they should move on from him. But I am curious to see if we'll see a better Zach Wilson. And I've really struggled to pick that game. I took the Jets in the end. I don't know why mm. I can just see in a bad weather defensive game, like just everyone being like, yeah, you all gave up on Zach Wilson. I mean, they win like 20 <laughs> to 17 or something. And it's really Jets running in defense. Yeah. But I think they're a good squad. And, and neither of these teams have been in big games like that. Can you just completely lane changing it? Well, I guess there's a connection. It's an AFC East question, but I want to ask you about the the Patriots because there's been a lot of talk this week on a lot of different shows about it's the end of the road for Belichick. It should be the end of the road. It's the time finally come. A lot of noise about it. And I can't believe it. I can't understand it. It's ridiculous to me that this is a team that is obviously flawed, like, 85 percent of the nfl to varying degrees and yet they're still in playoff contention and it's a middle of the road roster and you could argue well he's the architect of that roster so but it's not a great roster and he's got them in playoff contention he's got matt patricia as his offensive coordinator why is all this crazy hate on belichick tell me tell me that they're all mad and i'm the same one 
Um, I think it's somewhere in between. So I think there is too much hate. They have the number two defense uh, this year in DVOA with a secondary where like Jalen Mills and Jack Jones and Marcus Jones and Jonathan Jones are your starting cornerbacks and yeah. you're starting Jelani Tavai, this Lions cast that like they've maxed out defense. But I think you put it on Belichick that he hired Patricia. Yeah. And I think you put it on Belichick that he hired Joe Judge and that he mm. basically has watched all these people in the front office leave over the last few years. And it's just like, it reminds me of old Bengals teams where like people would make fun of the Brown family that like they were just running everything and it like mm. wasn't a fully NFL stocked organization that's what the Patriots have become except it's Belichick running everything so he's good enough to overcome it and I think he's done a great job coaching defense I agree it's not like he should get fired but the reason it's popped up a lot this week is I think personally that people inside that building probably right at the top um, whether it's Robert Kraft or his son are talking to people in the media and I think I, I just hate this strategy. If it's, if it's a strategy that mm-hmm. they're putting some pressure on Belichick that he's going to have to make changes or else like he could be gone. Mm. You know, that basically what's your plan for restocking the front office and changing the offense? Mm. Because if they had last year's offense, it'd probably be 10 and five right now. Right. So, Isn't that crazy? If Josh McDaniels didn't leave, they would probably would be. Yeah. 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 Probably I'm, be like the 13th best offense in the league instead of the 26th. I yeah. think they'd still have some issues. Yeah. And they'd probably be 10 and five. But one mad play <laughs> I mean, and amongst the maddest plays of all time away from the uh, uh, the end of the game, they would be that one mad play away from being what eight and six. Right. I mean, right. Or a fourth and 10 stop on defense. Yeah. I mean, they gave up that thing that said though, the, con- the consistency, even when they beat teams like the Cardinals, for instance, or some of those jets games, it, they're one of the most disorganized, poorly coached offenses in football. Mm. And that's crazy for a Patriots team. I mean, I would put them in the bottom three or four, yeah. teams and i i think that's consistent and so yeah yeah they found a way to win games despite that because everything else is good um but that's a that's a pretty big problem <laughs> you know i, I and belichick's at fault for that yeah i, I will put him at fault for um, that. Yeah. Well, what's was he being too cute for his own good too clever for his own good because i mean all through the offseason as we built up towards the season patricia is offensive coordinator or is it going to be patricia or judge is it going to be committee patricia's apparently the front guy no one thought that was a good idea, right? And then it's played out this way. So what on earth do you think he was thinking, Belichick, with that appointment? He mentioned, look, back with the Browns in the 90s, we kind of did it offense by committee and like we can figure it out. Mm. I don't know. He didn't have uh, another clear option he loved, number one. Mm-hmm. And I think he wanted a bigger hand in the offense himself. And so he, I think he's, you know, has a hand in, in planning. They, ch- they tried to change what they do. It didn't really seem to fit Mac Jones. They, they're running like a lot of vertical yeah. routes and they tried to do like zone running out of nowhere with a group that was really good running the ball with kind of super traditional power gap mm-hmm. stuff that Josh McDaniels has brought to Las Vegas and is doing great with running the ball. And it just, I don't know. Like, like I think he thinks he can do everything because he does help everything, but he needs he needs other people around. That was one of the things he was brilliant at was hiring great people. 
Mm. Bengals, of course, heading to Foxborough. It's going to be chilly as well by the sound of it. Frosty, good old Christmas weather. That game's on Christmas Eve. Um, so we're interested to see Burrow and Carp against that that Patriots D. Uh, a couple more for you, Greg, before we let, get, let you get out of Dodge because you got corners to you got corners to check. Price of the brick is going up, you know. You just get to the points on it. You're fine. The uh, the mailbag. All right, we'll rattle through. So, okay, this is from Andy. Hey, Andy, uh, how many? I don't want a precise number, <laughs> but just maybe name some of the head coaching changes are likely to be made in the off season. Are we going to see a lot of change? Do you think? Yes. Um, Denver. I wish I could just have it in front of me and think mm. about, um, we can go through. Yeah. So in the East, I think everyone in the AFC East is pretty safe. I'll Belichick notwithstanding. Everyone's fine. I, I think there's a legit chance that Patriots lose out here. And, mm. and if that happens, I do think there's a legit chance for wow. a divorce. Wow. Okay. I think it'd be uh, mutual. Um, uh, you know, I, I think Belichick is going to go after that coaching record, though, so he would coach somewhere well, else. He, well, I would yeah, be okay. bummed out. God, he coached somewhere this else. Thing bums me out. Yeah, I, I, I quite, I actually quite like to see that. I quite like to see him last, last roll of the dice in. Where would he go? Houston. <laughs> well, he'd have a lot of options. Um, yeah. but wow, that would be crazy. Uh, but he's, I think, twenty something wins away from yeah twenty one. I don't even know what the number is. I think that means a lot to him. So I, I think he mm. would go for it. Um, yeah, go through the AFC North. I think they're all safe. Mm-hmm. A, uh, AFC South, Lovey Smith feels like better than 50 50 to lose his job, which is just crazy because it's a shame he's getting them playing. I mean, yeah, and Nick Casario is would be his third coach in three years with no success, which is just kind of unprecedented. I think Nathaniel Hackett is definitely mm-hmm. gone. I think Brandon Staley is going to be safe uh, now with the Chargers mm. uh, in, in the AFC West. So um, McDonald's is, fine. is safe. Yeah. We're really know. going through it. We're, the South, anyone in the NFC South? I mean, I think Dennis Allen, depending on how mm. these games go, um, keep an eye out on Sean Payton just returning to New Orleans. I feel ah. like that's a possibility. That would be sneaky. Belichick to New Orleans. (laughs) Tampa's uh, a place people are definitely Mm. watching, just like wondering what's next there. If the coaching staff would change, if, if Brady um, will be there or not. Actually, now, now that we go through it, it doesn't seem like there's that, that That many. many. Yeah. 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 That's true. Steve Wilkes, I think has a good chance to keep keep the job in Carolina. I think it's a great shot. I think it's a great shot. Okay. Two more for you. uh, Cliff is gone, by the way, that I I think Cliff Kingsbury is going to be gone. Yeah. Um, Maybe Cliff can go be Belichick's offensive coordinator in New Orleans. There People have thrown, thrown that out in New Orleans. <laughs> yeah, do it. Let's do it. Peyton could go to Foxborough. It'll, it's all going to work out, Greg. Don't worry. Um, ah, I like this. The most. In, this is from Ollie. The most insightful conversation you've had from a former or current sports pro that you can remember. So that the bet you. I remember being at opening night, one Super Bowl down the line, and you we were just watching the madness and you saying what I love about this is actually that off the main mm. drag chats you have with coaches and players where you, you know, you're just out of the the glare of the hyper media spotlight. You have some really good chats there, but that I guess was more in terms of the context of the game and everything else. But yeah, is there one interview in particular that you either consider insightful or just memorable from your 
maybe it's a guest on a show that you've been on that you think, oh, this is great. Because for me, that was Jim Kelly when we did one of the London games live mm-hmm. at Wembley and it was Kelly who was one of my heroes as a kid. That was that was the one for me. Kyle Shanahan, certainly before mm. the Falcons uh, Patriots Super Bowl. I, I remember having a chance to talk to and that was awesome. I always liked hearing Bill O'Brien who was, you know, might not be the guy I would pick to coach my team but was opinionated and irascible and smart <laughs> and had strong opinions about offensive football and i think yeah. in in some ways schematically was ahead of the league and did a really good job um with the patriots and even with the with the texans uh initially mm. uh, um so those are those are two guys i love hearing offensive football those are two guys i, I love just kind of hearing talk oh o- o'brien is an interesting figure and in, in a recent NFL history. I totally get why he doesn't have a job right now. And yet, if you kind of look what he did just as like a schematic guy, he had, he was ahead of the game. If you, if you look at some of those, that era of, of Patriots offenses and even Texans offenses. That's a really interesting point. And you know, I, that's, you could apply it to football as well. There are certain coaches and, and managers, uh, that aren't getting work anymore in football that you think, why is, you know, why is that Glenn Hoddle, who was, uh, of course, a great player, and then went on to be quite a successful manager early on. Now, here there was off the field reasons why why he kind of moved out of the the frame, but it's surprised he never kind of went back into it when I think he wanted to. So yeah, there are certain, and he had some really progressive ideas uh, um, with football. Anyway, last one for you: Christmas movies. Which Christmas movies are you going to be watching? Maybe instead of the football games that are on, but maybe multitasking like our kids do, where you can have Red Zone on your phone while the movie's on. I have a confession to make. I've never seen Elf. And so oh, that's that's an interesting like one. Not sh- number one yeah, on my list Elf's gotta right be now, just because I feel like I've missed out. And I think my anything with like Will Ferrell automatically should be. Am watched. I wrong to to look for that? People love Elf. I, I kind of pause because I love Will Ferrell, but Elf, I can, I can really. Leave it. Okay. Yeah, I can leave it. It's not not. Yeah, it's not up there for me. Not. I mean, Christmas vacation. Why, it's not up there for me either. I haven't seen it, but um, <laughs> you're right. But what, I but I want what, to. What is up there for Greg? I mean, I'm I'm traditional Christmas story. That was what I grew up with. Yeah, and that's what my dad. I mean, that's what we had on. I mean, like like many other families. So that that's always a, it's a good too. Are you on? Where are you on Christmas vacation and and Chevy Chase January? I haven't seen it lately, but I'm all for it. I'm I'm all for it. I'm 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 a Chevy Chase proponent. All, all for him. I, I don't have to hang out with him. He's another one that you know watches work. Apparently, don't hang out with him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly right. I don't. Anytime I hear any anti Chevy stories, I don't want to know because he's a hero. I don't want to know about all the stuff that I know is inevitable about him. It is great catching up with you, man. It has been too long. I appreciate you dropping by. Uh, and enjoy the Christmas Christmas uh, games and a little bit of work by the side of it. Yeah, uh, I will. You too. Have a great uh, Christmas with the family. And yeah, like once you're you're done with your boxing day and it's one mm. thirty in the morning, you've had some some drinks. Just flip on that channel five. I'll be there oh, for you, buddy. Nice. Colts Chargers. Let's do it. Let's do it. I know that I know the gang will be there watching. We'll look up to yourself. Next time we'll talk some West Ham. Okay. All right. See ya. Take care, bud. Brilliant stuff from Greg. He will be back very soon. I promise that. I guarantee it, in fact, in the new year. When we get to the playoffs, we will check in with the brilliant Greg Rosenthal. I cannot wait for Christmas. I cannot wait for Christmas Eve games, Christmas Day games. As Greg said, Boxing Day as well. 
it's good enough as it is, but we've got football all across it as well. This is going to be a good one, that's for sure. We are not out of dodge yet. There's £5 for the charity box. We've got Edge Rush and FFS dropping imminently. Go check back in the vault for a college day special with Propo and Ben. Me and Mike on Monday. And uh, there you go. You're all set. You're all set for the Christmas holes. We're going to be rolling through as well. We're going to be dropping episodes next week after the Christmas games and getting you continually, perpetually set. Uh, appreciate all your support as ever. Hope you enjoyed this one. We'll check in with you soon. Take care. Podcast Network.